0: Hi, welcome to Conversations with Sammy. I am your host, and I'm so glad you're here. I believe in the miraculous impact of a powerful storytelling, and right here is where I invite everyday people like you and I to share their real, raw, and unedited journeys. In our conversations, we express our feelings, we celebrate our struggles, we share our visions, and together, We aim to live a more fulfilling life. In this conversation, I speak with Yula. Yula shares how her self-development journey led her to rediscover her sexuality to a much greater extent. We talk about sex and sex with intimacy. We reflect on the benefits of sex, messages received growing up around sex, the spirituality part of sex and the sexual myths, roles, and beliefs of our society around sex. Enjoy.
1: Hello, Yula. Hi. Hi. <laughs> hey.
0: Here we are. I'm laughing, you know why? Because I was just thinking when I just called you, Mm -hmm. you're like what language are we speaking in (laughs) (laughs) struggles bilingual people (laughs) in English
1: right uh, it's also sometimes struggled to shift in like (laughs) one to another especially you know when I sometimes I speak like in one hour or in like five hours I can speak this you know through languages and it's sometimes oh shit what am I speaking what's going on (laughs) I get it I
0: I sometimes catch my like sliding in some Lithuanian words but no mm. one really catches it but me and oh well, whatever. <laughs> <That's It's> rolling.
1: <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. cool cool thank you for for being here and for taking your time to chat with me today
1: of course thank you for
0: having me yeah and uh, also I want to just quickly mention I think how we met was really cool just super unique uh, and I'm grateful that you came into my life at that exact moment mm. so, We're both in a recovery community. And so we went to this woman, so to speak, gathering on Zoom. Everything is online these days. And you were sharing some of your story in uh, actually Lithuania. And then I heard that, oh, you live in states. And um, I think you were in Chicago June or July when we met in person. And um, we had this juicy chat by the Mm. lake and I was like, I want to speak with you more on my podcast. So this is, this is great.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: And um, yeah. So how to, how to say it. We're going to talk about sex today. (laughs) (laughs) Why
1: not? Why not?
0: Taboo. I mean, I feel like every time two women meet and just open their hearts, honesty, and it always leads into relationships. And then the sex, Mm. it's just what, you know, how it goes. And it's super awesome uh, what you do in your life right now. So I'm going to start with that you are a sexologist, mm-hmm. right? So tell me who is sexologist and when did that begin for you?
1: What was the inspiration? Sure. Uh You know, sexology, you
0: know,
1: it's... The definition of sexologist would be someone who uh, studies sex and sexuality, right? Uh, Also does Mm -hmm. research and really studies sex as a science, right? I am not necessarily a sexologist, but I am in the field of sexology, right? And I do sex coaching. I do sexuality coaching. I do sex education. I I definitely read a lot of research. I definitely... um, And part of the, you know, of the field of sexuality, for sure. And the way it began, I would say that it found me instead of me finding it. Because I think that it wasn't necessarily something that I was thinking that I will do when I'll grow up. (laughs) It wasn't something necessarily that I... um, kind of plan to do or w- wanted to study I don't know um, it's really just came to my life it really came through the you know through the um, through the self-healing work and through doing a lot of own personal development and you know I did my master's in psychology but then I realized that it's it's something is missing like it's not it yet and I think that The fact that sexuality is something that we don't talk about, that it's something that we keep putting under the carpet, that part was missing for me. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm always extremely comfortable with sex and sexuality. And I always love to speak about that. I always was passionate about the topic. And it kind of came two and two together. I remember the moment, actually, I was sitting in my apartment back in New York City uh, at 4 a.m., and I was reading this book about, you know, about sexuality, and I was like, who are you kidding? Like, there are only, like, a few topics that you read, you know, to 4 a.m. with that, <laughs> you know, not needing. It's not like it was, like, school project, you know, it wasn't like no one was forcing me, there was no gun to my head, and I was like, you know what, like, like, come on, like, you know, start, start hiding. <laughs> but it was tough because mm-hmm. it's something that you... Um, at least for me, well, I know for me and a lot of people in the field will will, will share the same experience that it's also hard to kind of take it because you, what, what what does that mean? Where do I go with it? How do I tell my parents, right? What, like, what's, like, how do I tell people when they ask me, what do you do? You know, it, there's all those questions began rising for me. Uh, and yeah, and that kind of one of those things that started stopping you, right? They start like for me it was, oh well, I don't know how I'm gonna deal with that. I don't know how I'm gonna deal with that, and it's it's it kept me it kept me hiding for some time. So, but it wasn't right away that I realized, and you know, I went and I just kept doing it. It was you know, it was up and downs, and I danced with the idea, and you know, I went up and I went down and I danced around because it's really. um yeah, I wasn't sure, and I didn't know how to go about that, you know, there's all fears that are rising, is it a real job, you know, is it needed into the world, maybe it's just my opinion that, you know, maybe I think people need it, maybe no one needs that, so all of those thoughts come, you know, came into my head, and yeah, but in the end of the day, universe did whatever universe had to do, and I still ended up doing it, so that's my, I don't know, short, a long story about it. (laughs) That's amazing.
0: I am, I'm so proud of you that you just went into it, despite the, the fears, the blocks. And, and you said, you know, you discovered more about the the sex area that you want to go into it through your own healing. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that happens, we start to explore um, deeper, so to speak, wells of ourselves. Mm. And, um, just look deeper into us and and in general in life and what's coming up for me listening to you you know I'm I feel like I'm so tired of hearing the you know it's a shame mm. you shouldn't talk about it what other thing it's just like what have we people done to the topic of sex <laughs> what the society has done to mm. us or our parents why is it such a, a shameful you know quote-unquote bad topic mm. and it's such a big part because it's, it's, it's us. It's like sex is energy and we come with this, you know, as human beings, it's in us. Right. And what did you discover, you know, when, um, maybe if you discovered what, what are those blocks? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we, how do we get through them? And where do they even come from?
1: So it's, there's a lot of inside of that, that I love, you know, how you said that, You know what we as a society done to the topic. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really (laughs) true. You know, and uh, the thing is that sexuality is a very powerful thing, right? Sexual energy is our human energy. Is that's where the uh, that where the people come from, right? We all came with from sexual energy, and we are sexual energy as human beings. And our sexual energy is our creative energy, and sometimes it also. So there are a few things. One thing that is powerful in a way that it awakens our bodies, right? It awakens our inner wisdom. It awakens our true who we are when we're connected to our sexual energy. And for someone who is trying to run the country or society or, you know, whatever that would be, it's not really useful to have awakened people right yes. <laughs> no one really needs mm-hmm. awakened people you know because it's hard to control so obviously um, some people were scared you know I, i'm talking back back in the days. i'm not talking to it today right so we're talking like back 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 in the days when you know religion got into the power and i'm not going to get into politics here or politics of religion but i'm just giving the general idea that the reason is why we're so putting it under the carpet because it's a topic that we're scared as a human beings and we're scared because a, it's a very powerful topic because it um, awakens our bodies, right? And it awakens our truth and B it also has some darkness side, right? The same way we're afraid of topics when it comes to mental challenges, you know, challenges or trauma responses or anything in that nature, because it's scary, right? Things can get a little bit scary. Same with sexuality. Things also can get a little bit scary. And but instead of educating ourselves and instead of uh, learning about deeper things, we choose to hide, right? And we do that a lot when it comes to things in life in general. But it's also because uh, it's easier to, again, going back to controlling people, right? As as a, as a larger mass, it's easier to control when uh, we don't talk about things like that. Because then we can create shame, like you said, right? Because then... We can create fear and shame is a very uh, useful tool when it comes to having, you know, um, kind of controlling people and having society together because uh, when we can shame people, then we can stop them from doing something, right? So, when we put all the shame, don't do this because, you you know, X, Y, Z is going to happen to you. People are afraid to take actions and therefore they start repressed. So, they start repressing their sexualities and, you know, putting everything under the layers, layers, layers and then... A lot of layers come out and uh, uh, we, we go up, you know, and those layers are on. And then there's this huge bucket of shame inside of us, right? And for an adult who is today a member of society, those blocks uh, look like shame coming from... Touching own bodies, right? Being with own bodies, uh, looking at our own bodies, what comes from childhood, right? A lot of times when we would touch ourselves, we were told not to do that, right? Don't touch yourself. Don't touch yourself in public without any explanation, you know, why and, you know, why is it wrong or why is it not wrong or maybe just the environment is not, you know, um, like, um fitting right now. So we don't get those explanations. We're just told not to touch ourselves. Right. So one of the blocks that come from for, for that is to really blocking from being with our body. Right. As we grow through life, we are taught to create disconnect from our own bodies, you know, from little, uh, don't touch yourself. Then don't look at yourself. Then, you know, if it's girls, you have to hide yourself, right. You have to have your certain body parts, um, I, I mean, it's for everyone, I guess, just I think in my experience, just people with, uh, you know, um, female bodies are told that to do that more times to kind of put more shame on their bodies. So as a, as we go through life, we experience a lot of teaching and training how to disconnect from our bodies, right? Then becomes body, um, body image shaming, food shaming, you know, this food is bad, that food is bad, you have to, you know, do this to your body, you have to do that to your body. That is one of the things where a lot of a lot of blockages come. Another thing, um, second thing would be where blockages come is just for experience watching our own parents, right? The, if there is no, um, there's no affection. If there's no, if there, if there is no conversation about sexuality, or on or on the other side, they can make sexu- conversation but very strict, right? Kind of don't have sex until you 30, or you know anything in that nature, or you know mm-hmm. sex is only for sluts and you're a good girl. You don't have to look at the boys, right? A lot of people from religious, uh, not even like super religious, but, you know, Christian families um, have those beliefs. So that's another blockage, right? Why? What do we see when we grow up? What is our experience while we grow up? Do we, uh, is, you know, sex, do we, is sexuality is welcome, right? Uh, and by by saying sexuality welcome, I don't mean like people, you know, having sexual intercourse on a table in the middle of the day, on the kitchen table, but I mean, like Mm -hmm. hugging, you know, kissing, uh, do we, you know, talk about sex with kids when they, you know, uh, in the, at a certain age, do we allow kids to touch themselves, right? Do the people, do kids, what do kids see, see, right? Basically that's another thing, uh, what we, what we saw when we were growing up that impacts, you know, our relationship with, with sexuality and those blocks that you were asking about um you know if there was any shame created in the childhood when it also comes to our bodies or our desires right there was something that we wanted but we were restricted not to have if there is of course any type of abuse or um boundaries were uh, you know crossed when we were children um, it doesn't even need to be sex- to be sexual boundaries. It can be any type of boundaries that can impact our sexual relationship with sexual with our sexuality and with sexual intercourses and with sexuality with other people with other people's sexuality. Um, shame that we put as a society is something that you know um, comes out out of monogamous heterosexual relationship, right? So anything else of like that is a vanilla relationship. I should also add. So there is only you know um, one type of this clean, pure relationship that can happen. Anything outside of that is sin, is dirty, is sick, is is you know is is illness and XYZ. So that's also, and it's it's still a lot of that. You know, it may we may not meet that in large cities like New York City or Chicago, but that stuff is still even in the United States. And I'm not even talking about countries outside that. Um, not, I, mean, I said it like the any worse, but um, sometimes people think that U.S. is like so progressive when it comes to stuff, and I'm here mm-hmm. to break that and say no. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, and yeah, there's still a lot of shame and fear when it comes to that. So. Yeah, and fear, another blockage, right? Fear is another great blockage that we have because fear blocks us in a way that uh, we're afraid of opening up, right? Oh, what what will people will think about me if I'm going to be sexual? Uh, oh, I cannot be sexual because I'm afraid I'm going to cheat on my partner. I'm not going to have that, you know, willpower to so stop or the other way around, you know, my partner will, will leave me and, 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 and have some, find someone else, Um uh, STI, you know, a different STIs. What if I'm going to get some sort of a disease? What if I? So there's a lot of a lot of stuff that also blocked by fear. Um, mm-hmm. that would be, I guess, the third or the fourth on the list. So yeah, those are uh, main, you know, kind of the most main things that that are present to us today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that was a really awesome dive into these um wide world issues really and it exists to this day it's just it it's gone nowhere you know it's it's different in different parts of the world and different families but um yeah I want to particularly focus on women and our sexuality and as you said you know I could recall so many messages uh Mm. still you know recorded in my mind um, even from my grandmother and I know she had never an intention to intentionally to humiliate mm-hmm. me or, or put me on a spot but it just arises mm. while doing my work you know inner and it's an amazing thing that they do arise you know they hurt like mm. there's a lot of sadness and anger like oh my god how dare you said that to like eight-year-old girl but the thing is it happened but what it allows me to see that that fear—it's so ingrained mm-hmm. all the way from when I was mm-hmm. eight, you know. Even though it hurts, I love that it comes up so I can let it go and release it. It's not true anymore, you know. I can not move on. Yeah. From it. Mm-hmm. Um, when people come to you and to talk about their sexual issues, um, successes, whatnot, what do? You, what would you say is the core? The core deal is it mainly about fears or? The lack of sexual intimacy in relationships, what do you experience the most with people?
1: You know it's always it's always hard to pinpoint one thing because everyone's story is so different and unique, but if I would need to go down to you know everything, it's really lack of self worth that mm. creates a lot of issues i mean what if we'll go like really underneath right um it may look like it's Um, lack of emotional connection it may look like it's lack of um, you know experience or it may look but in the end of the day it's still uh, lack of self worth and why Um, it may not seem that way but in the end of the day why is it that because when we it's self worth slash relationship with self and what I mean by that it's really when we know our body so well When we intuitively know how to move, when we feel comfortable in our bodies, when we feel comfortable who we are, when our soul is happy, right? And all of that I'm kind of putting under umbrella of Mm -hmm. self-worth, although it's much more than that. Um, That's why I'm breaking it down. But it's really when we know all of that, then we intuitively are sexual, right? Then we intuitively have this orgasmic way of life, not, not orga- orgasmic as come from the pleasure, but orgasmic from way of being right from actually enjoying and being able to create the experience. to our partners, when we know that, um, we're worthy you know we'll we will get into the relationship that also where we you know relationship that will he- help us to feel worthy right I, um not the other way around right a so relationship that will uplift us and relationship that will support us in in healing and shining and and being who we are, and all of those parts kind of are underneath everything where we look. see on the surface, right? So on the surface, it may be, hey, you know, we haven't had sex for three years. We had a baby and kind of disconnected. Or on a surface, it can be we, um, you know, we kind of had sex, but little by little it went down, right? Or it can be that uh, uh, this one is mostly for the woman. I I did have, you know, several numbers of men with that. It's uncomfortable being um, not confident in the body. Right, and not being able to really relax. Uh, I mean, anxiety is a big part of that, right? But it's really if you water down everything, it's just if we're not connected to our anxiety, why is it happening? Where is it coming from? If we are not connected, why do we not why do we have this unloving relationship with our bodies, right? Or why is it that I don't feel comfortable? Or why is that I if I don't feel comfortable in this body, why I feel like why, why I keep feeling uncomfortable without doing anything about that, right? Either accepting or changing, whatever that would be. So all of that is really underneath of everything. is really self-work. It's really individual self-work as, a, as a, you know, personal as a human beings. And then from there, it kind of goes up to, okay, so now I did this work. I know what's going on with me. How can I now create this beautiful, sacred relationship when I'm honest and open And where we can be intimate with each other, right? And intimate is not necessarily having sexual intercourse, but even looking each other into the eyes. I have so many couples who come and they they cannot look each other into the eyes. They like literally like without laughing, without talking, without, you know, looking on the sides, without, but like really honestly being connected, dropping to their bodies and just being with each other. A lot of people having a hard time with that. And people people who like been a good amount living together, right? It's not someone who just met, but it's someone who've been, you know, they may have even babies or they've been, you know, a good amount of time together. And people having a hard time with that because in reality, they also are afraid to be with themselves, right? There's all this shame and fear of showing who they are. Not physically, but underneath of, of that, right? So, yeah, if you know, uh, you know, uh, all of that, I would say that underneath is all of that is really just shame and not, not mm, inability to accept ourselves and inability to see what's needed to be done for us to grow. Because a lot of people come and they're trying to fix the surface problems, right? This kind of their, um, tiptoe like what are we seeing on, on on you know on the surface but it's it's not that it's really not that but not it's it's hard it's hard because it requires deep work yeah mm.
0: yeah such a such a good point you made when you know the the deeper the the intimate like the spiritual connection must be there for for the sex mm. to go on another level and you know for myself like historically I had relationships where it's as if we're not, you know, out there partying or sleeping after the night of party, there isn't much to talk about. Mm, you know, we mm-hmm. always have to either be having sex or like being with other people mm. because when it comes one-on-one there's empty, there is mm-hmm. nothing crickets in the air, you know? And I'm now able to see how just a lot of fear. And like you said, a lot of this stems from much, much deeper issues. And, um, Also what's coming up for me, I remember in my relationships, I used to want, yearn for like the security and love, but also the need for the freedom. Um, I think that's where a lot of drama for me unfolded, where be with me, but also give me space. Mm -hmm, mm I think I might be drifting off the the subject a little bit, but um, what else did I wanted to ask you? We can cut this part out because I'm blanking on a question.
1: It's okay. We don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: don't have to. Let's leave everything in there. Oh, I wanted to know a little bit more about your own particular journey. So when you were going through your own healing recovery, what were some of the points you uncovered that had to do with your sexuality, the way you dealt with it, had sex, didn't have sex? What were some points where like, Oh my gosh! Like some aha moments
1: for mm. you. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the main things for me was that uh, I was treating sex as equal to love. That was a that was a, one of the main um, kind of awakenings for me in my life. That I realized that until a certain point in my life. I was really equalizing that. So I was looking for love, you know, um, this young girl who is absolutely lost, uh, desiring for connection, desiring for some, I always had this desire for some higher spiritual experiences, you know, all of that stuff. So I always um, looked for something that will get me naturally high as well. Although I was doing some other stuff as well, but I love natural high as well. So I always looked for this connection and love and you know some sort of really deep experiences, and I thought that um, I thought that uh, I can find it in sex. Now I I don't want to make it wrong because I can find it in sex. That's not the I, those things are actually possible and more than possible to find in sex, but not the way I was looking for it. Right. So I was not looking to connection with people, to connect with that person. I was looking connection through, you know, drunk, um, casual sex with people who were not into connection, right? I was looking for it um, through the experiences that it was just not possible to give, right? So I was Mm -hmm. mistaking that uh, I thought that all type of sexual connection can give me that experience, when in reality, no. If person is not necessarily open emotionally or available already and they have like 3,000 cards on them, they're, gonna, they, they're not going to be able to share that experience with you, right? And um, that that's the second risk, discovery I'm going to share shortly and come back to the first one (laughs) because Mm -hmm. i i had this myth in my head that i can help everyone when it comes to that so even if my partner would be closed i would be like well, but i can help them i can open them up and you know my love can take all those guards and i came to the you know after years of experience i realized this is not my job right this is not my job to open up my partner this is not my job to heal them uh i might be a healer to the people on a planet but it doesn't mean that I have to heal every single person that you know comes my way um, especially when it comes to sexual experience so I had to let go of that belief that I have to heal everyone but I learned that yeah it's really I was looking um, I was looking for love through sex in a in, in the wrong way right in the wrong way and I that was one of my big realizations I also realized that it high when I did not have sex I thought that people don't love me so when I was in a relationship and if people would not provide me certain amount of sex that I was you know in my head was the number to have then I thought that I'm I'm not loved I'm you know something is wrong with me I'm ugly I'm fat you know uh Mm -hmm. Anything, you know, anything, you know, whatever, whatever. But that's something. It means something is wrong with me. So I was also, uh, I was equalizing my worth to sex. Um, That was the same way. I, I also always, and you know, that that's. I was a little bit younger, obviously. I also equalized number of sex partners to my worth. So for me, if I saw the guy, and you know, uh, I would like, oh, this is the guy. I I will have sex with them, and I will. I I felt you know like a queen of the world. So it's like oh you know I said like like you know like um, Julius Caesarus. <laughs> you the, put your the, eye on it yeah it's like you know they they say you say you see it you take it and that's how i thought you know i saw it i took it and i felt like a queen not realizing that a it doesn't really you don't need a lot of talent to, to you know get men into the bed like <laughs> it's not a rocket science <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's pretty actually easy right um but in my head, it was like, wow, you know, I mean, I, I you know, I would choose this sort of alpha always this alpha, stereotypical alpha man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was my another realization, uh, you know, later in years that I was really connecting my worth to it. Right. So it was like I was collecting my trophies so I would feel better. The only thing is it never fulfilled me. So I still was empty, but I kept, you know, in, in this, in this cycle of race, I kept looking for it. So I kept I kept increasing my trophies, you know, and it's not necessarily in the numbers of people. Sometimes it would be the same people. I would be just in a relationship, but it still was like, I would, you know, the amount that, that I, I was, I was like racing, you know, I was in the sex race. Um, for a more and for a better, but I had no clue what the hell I was doing because all I tried to do is to fill the, the hole inside of me, which was not filling up. Um, so those were, yeah, those were probably main realizations when I realized that I'm, you know, I'm attaching my worth to sex, I'm equalizing sex to love, and um, I'm also trying to have sex emotional and spiritual sex with people who are guarded and who are not ready for that and who have no clue what the hell I'm trying to do because all they want, they just want to have intercourse, you know, penis, vagina in and out. And that's their style. Okay. Uh, and I'm, and I'm there talking about let's connect with hearts. right? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do that. Um, I mean, for some people it works, but you have to have certain level of, 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 of awareness. Um, yeah. So those were probably my main things of how how much of attached I was to sex and how much it really played a big role in my life. And I think that was one of the ways why I chose you know what I ended up doing, what I ended up doing. But I had to go through all of that experience to heal myself so I would be able to help others, right? Because at the beginning obviously it was my own wound. So until I could have stepped into the healing part, I had to heal my own wound and you know, to have that experience so I would know what people are talking about when they come into my rooms. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. So for you growing up, what was it like? Did you also have the negative messages or you heard more of the positive
1: when it comes to sexuality? You know, I think I don't have any me- messages and not hearing any messages is also hearing messages, right? So by by no messages, it's a message as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. not you know, not having that... Representation or uh, conversation—it also shows something. It also put that shame on. I had. It was very. It was no negativity, but uh, I mean, I remember I asked my mom what is sex when I was. I don't know how old I was. I was maybe seven, six, but I knew the answer. I just wanted to know what she's going to answer, because at that time I already was watching porn. But she said, "You will find out when you grow up." that was it uh and that was pretty much it yeah i mean nothing i my sex education began from tv from porn so that was my first probably way the way i saw it i think maybe accidentally at some point i you know just scroll through channels at night uh in my room and i kind of stumped into it, and then I began watching it. Um, and I think that was my kind of a thing. How did I know, knew it back then that there was sex? I don't know. I You know, somehow, somehow somewhere, that got connected. But that was my education. Um, there was no shaming, but there was also no celebration, right? So, um, I got my first menstrual period when I was actually away in another country, I was in Prague, uh, and I was with my friend who already had her period, so that was helpful, um, but there was no, like, conversation about that, right, so there was no, like, let's talk about that, let's, you know, I got a book, I got a book, um, my mom gave me a book, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was actually a pretty good book, I believe, it was in Lithuanian, um, But that was all. Yeah, that was all. So, and in school, then we had some sort of education in school, maybe in seventh or eighth grade, but it was very, it was very basic and it was taught by older biology, biology teacher, which already creates tons of boundaries. And obviously, you know, no one really is going to have a real sex education class when it's taught by your biology teacher who you see twice per week. Um... So, yeah, in my way, I didn't really have any, like, negativity towards it. Uh, which Uh I'm, I'm talking, as you know, I'm talking, I'm going back in my head at the same time because mm-hmm. I haven't thought about it for a while. Um Yeah, I think it was kind of, yeah, it was very neutral. And then we, you know, as the girls, we began talking about it because we, you know, me and my girlfriends, we were pretty clothes in the neighborhood so we would always gather together and just talk about things and I think that uh we talked about it yeah but you know kind of just trying to figure things out and what I was sharing information who has what kind of a thing um I think I began maybe experiencing more shame later you know as I grow up when it came to you know when I in the teenager years when I was developing my body and then all of, you know, body image kind of things came up. And at some point I learned somewhere that menstruation is a dirty thing and you have to hide your tampons or, you know, whatever that would be. You are, um, you know, whatever you're using, your hygiene stuff, you have to hide it. You know, no one can see that. That also was, that actually was, um, I never liked that. And I, I, I rebelled that from young age. I remember I would take my tampons, what you know, whatever I, I had at that time in school for out of my bag, and like, you know, uh, with my head up, would go <laughs> through the class, handing, you know, like showing people what I'm having. Uh, instead of, you know, like all the girls would like take the backpacks, you know, they would like go. I would like, no, like, I'm not doing that. Like, everyone, like, you all look. <laughs> so i don't know where yeah. that came from but i did have i was not in agreement that i have to hide that i that that idea i didn't like and i never did actually uh as, as i went through life that's something that always was present um yeah yeah
0: that's amazing you sound like a badass you know young t and because i remember my menstruational i got it think I was 13 I have just moved to United States and I was in so much fear and shame that I hid my underwear under the bed until my grandma Mm -hmm. found them so that was like kind of a sad little well funny I this is the first thing you do I don't know hide of course the the Mm -hmm. beliefs that it's not a good thing and not even like to my mom or my grandma like the people you trust you know you just um act in ways that yeah, to protect, I guess, myself. Mm-hmm. that was my thing, and another thing that's going through my mind, you know, you you mentioned you got introduced to um, sex through, like, pornography, and I'm thinking a lot of us, women, men, boys, girls, I think we find out about sex way before we have it through TV, mm-hmm. and, like you say, mm-hmm. porn, and I think even for me, I could remember I had this fantasy around sex the way it should go Mm. like you know the actors in the movie they have it beautifully it's amazing Mm -hmm. it's hot they both come at the same time it's always the perfect bed or like Mm -hmm. some scenario you know and like in reality I remember one of my mentors was saying like sex is messy you know there's Mm wet. there's there's liquid coming Mm -hmm. out there's farts and there's and people were laughing because it is the actual truth and reality. Um, and it's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's it's how it goes. Like we have these bodies that are, you know, all kinds of noise mm-hmm. and uh yeah, moist happens. So yeah, for me also in my healing journey was getting rid of the fantasy I have around sex and how I should perform or what to expect from mm-hmm. another person.
1: Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, and um,
0: I yeah, that's think huge
1: I've... because it's um, you know, and it's really the thing is that we have tons of studies now that shows that pornography itself does not necessarily impact our um, um, relation, like our you know, sexuality. It's the, the our in, our uh, our inability to see pornography as a entertainment right? So it's not that it, pornography itself, but it's really because we think it's like we're not educated around pornography, right? We're not educated. We're not, we're not taught that, hey, this is entertainment. These people are actors. They like, you know, they prepare themselves to this. <laughs> like, this is what happens. You know, there's like lube and stuff involved and we are not told that, right? So that is um, when we, like you said, when you start like watching and expecting this happening in your real life, that's when the things go wrong because it does not happen in our real life. I mean, it does sometimes, but we cannot expect this kind of you know stuff having happening all the time and looking a certain way all the time. And that's what the error is. And a lot of um, actually um, research says that eighty uh, percent—I don't want to lie now. I think it's eighty or eighty-five actually um, percent of male boys learn about sex from pornography, right? So that's the first. Um, uh, I don't know what it was talking about, mailboss that boys, but I remember that the study was around that. Um, that's what they learn, you know, about the pornography first time. And that's, um, it's, it's, it's sad again, because we're, you know, like we talked at the beginning of this conversation, just because we're putting things into shame, they have a different impact on us, right? So if we would be actually putting pornography out of the darkness and would actually have classes around it and educate people and use pornography as a tool for education, you know, then kind of bringing it into the light instead of pretending it doesn't exist or, you know, it's a devil's tool or something of that nature. So if we actually would take advantage and use it, you know, or, you know, um, talk about pornography and a lot of maybe less about mainstream pornography but more about feminist feminist made pornography and realistic pornography which is out there but we don't really talk about that again we miss you know we miss we miss an opportunity to educate ourselves and we miss an opportunity to actually use it for our advantage unfortunately Mm -hmm. because of that shame yeah good
0: point um another question coming up for me is this myth, and even I remember uh, hearing it, like we need to have sex for, let's say, health reasons. Is that mm-hmm. even true?
1: Yeah, there is, is the- definitely, I mean, the half, you know, it's, it's, you know, half is a very, we have to do a lot of things for health reasons. <laughs> but <laughs> right. do we really always do them, right? Or we mm-hmm. don't have to do a lot of things for the health reasons, but sometimes we do it um so yeah it's the same thing right uh is it does it has yeah it absolutely has good you know it has a good um impact on uh, mental health right so it has a good impact on hormones and um chemicals that that are created in our brain absolutely it also has an impact on our physical bodies it also obviously have impacts on our spiritual bodies right connection Um and energy energetic bodies, yeah, it's absolutely it's a good stuff for um it's a good stuff to keep the you know uh genitals health, right? Um I'm kind of talking generic without going deep into all that stuff, but in general, all of that stuff that I said, yes, we do need it, you know, uh it impacts our health in a good way. Can we use it in a way to shame people that they don't have sex or force people to buy things for that, you know, or use that as just another tool to um, make more sales on people? That's another question, right? Because yeah. uh, there's two sides of that. Does it impact health? Yes. Does that mean that we need to – the same way like with exercise, Right. Do we all need to exercise? Yeah, absolutely. But do we need to shame people into they, you know, because their bodies look certain way they need to, you know, release weight or they look certain way and that's not fitting into the societal beauty standards? Well, no, <laughs> right. Mm. So it's the same way with sex. Is it? Is it? Is it uh, healthy? Yes, absolutely. Do we you abuse that sometimes in order to make more sales? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah
0: great great points um love it uh, what's going through my mind is that I remember this one spiritual woman um it was a retreat I was in a couple of years back and she was talking from her own life experience she's married she has a husband um, longtime partner and she she shared something she said when I started doing my spiritual journey the the desire for for this for sex that I used to have lessened but mm. not in a she did. She didn't look at that lessening in a bad way. She said, mm-hmm. "I just get so spiritually full that my body no longer craves as mm-hmm. much of sex as I used to." And to me, that was such a like ding, ding, ding. Like it made so much sense because um, I too, like you said, you know, the shaming, the not having sex long periods of time, with. Mm-hmm. Like I start to beat myself up for mm-hmm. it as if I'm a loser, missing now. Mm-hmm. but with like mm -hmm, yeah it's it's true and uh what's going on for me like within the last year I would say that I definitely let go a lot of that shaming myself and and beating myself up because Mm -hmm. I always remember that woman that I am now in this new spiritual frequency that sex is not my priority like I'm not going nuts like I haven't had Mm -hmm. so to speak you know like I used to just go for that thing and catch it in a bar, whatever, all days. Um, Yeah, so just wanted to to throw that in there. Um, And another thing you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, sexual is creative energy. What I want you to tell more about that. What do you mean by creative energy? It sounds really good, so I want to hear what else you have to say about that.
1: Yeah, sure. It's actually very... (sighs) It's actually very, you know, short story. Um, creative energy uh, creates human, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Um, basically, sexual energy is a creative energy because it's um, it's energy that helps us to create. I'm kind of going to go, you know, in, in cycles a little bit here because I'm getting my thoughts together. But it's really, it doesn't it doesn't mean what are we creating? We're creating humans. We're creating. Books, we're creating, you know, uh, paintings, songs, meals, you know, doesn't really matter, it's not about that, it's about that having that energy, right? It's really, um, it's energy of the earth, right? It's energy of life, it's life energy, um, the same way we create uh, babies, the same way earth creates stuff, right? So it's the same energy of life, and the four one we are not, the for sometimes when, you know, with, with that example that you said about that woman, when we're really into our creative energy, sometimes we either want a lot of sex or we don't want sex at all because we're using that energy for other stuff, right? And, but sometimes when we are not, it also can block, one one can block another, right? Meaning that, when I mean, it's the same energy, but in a in a way to if talking about sexuality and creativity. If we're not being creative a lot, if we kind of repress our creativity, that impacts our sexuality, and the other way around, right? So if we're repressing our sexual desires, our sexual needs, our sexual thoughts, then it also impacts our creativity, right? So kind of blocks it, if you, if we want to put it that way. But it really comes from the same. Um, Same source. It's the same energy that runs who we are on a planet, how we show up on a planet, how we feel about ourselves, how we uh, express ourselves, right? Expression is a big part of that. Um, And by expressing, it's not only, you know, sexual expression and expression... Uh, Verbal expression, expression of our truth, expression of our beliefs, expression of our uh, state of being, right? If I'm able to express that, can I own that? Can I talk about that? Can I um, express? allow myself to express in any different type of forms, you know, back to creativity, uh, through, through dancing, through podcasting, through writing, right? So it's all interconnected. It all connects to one another. And it's really, yeah, it's just the same source of energy and energy of life.
0: Yeah. very true and I I love how you are connected to your higher power and um, you really inspire me with your strong faith and trust in in God and the reason I'm bringing this up of I saw this one video and it was funny you posted on your social media and you said that someone asked you Yula do you invite God when you have sex and you were like oh wow uh, that was yeah. a long time ago yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> But it, yeah. it just came to my mind now that you know for people who are religious maybe and we're not gonna go into that subject but religion, religion shame sex it's, mm-hmm. it's obvious it's yeah and what do you have to say about the spirituality and people who or women in particular, we're talking about women who are religious and are maybe blocking even mm. themselves from opening up more fully with their partners. Did you ever have this block for you or not really? Between God and sex?
1: Yeah, um so when I when I tell them, you know, it's real everyone has individual journey on this planet, right? And some people I have people who come from I mean, clients, when I say that, um, who come from strict religions, right, who come from strict religions, and they want, they want change, they want to open up, right, they want to experience new stuff, they want, um, they want... They want more, right? And they mm-hmm. want to clean kind of those beliefs, and they want to let them go. It's not easy; it requires some, you know, some work to be done, but it's possible. Um, you know, everyone does it to their own level, and that's fine. Um, again, we all have different journeys, and some people who live. With those blocks, they're okay and they're comfortable and they don't need to change. And that's fine. That's, that's who, that's, you know, who they are on a planet. This is what they experience in this lifetime. And it's perfect. You know, there's no right or wrong way to live life. It's really whatever, you know, whatever your journey is in this lifetime. When it comes to me, I did not, for me, somehow intuitive sexuality always was connected to sacred experience. Even when I used to drink, even when I used to, you know, have those not necessarily um, spiritual experiences, they were still, I think another reason why I always loved sex so much, because it was the only place for me when I was really present, Um, you know, before I really got into myself into meditation and all those other practices, I, I had anxiety, you know, I had a lot of anxiety and I had my mind running. Um, like crazy and sex was the only place when my mind would shut up and that was like amazing for me. You know, um, I didn't get a lot of that shut up, shut up quietness through my daily life. So it was always somehow connected to something bigger than me, something that I could not, I was not able to do for myself during the day, but somehow at night, you know, sex was able to shut my, my, my thinking and, um, and I love that. So For me, it was always, yeah, it was something always bigger and had more... For for me, sex never was physical. Even when I was, you know, when I was um, abusing substances, it still was very... um, It had this different experience for me. And I think that's another reason why I kept looking for more of it, you know, in addition to that love piece and what I kept... At some point, I began studying and reading and because... At some point, I was talking to my girlfriends, the things that I experienced, and they were like, what what are you talking about? Like, are you crazy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is weird. So that was just another layer that I thought that, okay, something wrong with you, clearly, you know, no one one experiences that stuff. Uh, But then I began doing more reading and, you know, exploring Tantra and all of that stuff. And I was like, okay, this is normal. It's just not a lot of people do that. Um, So yeah, for me, it was always very connected. I do believe that sexuality is its energy from God and sexual energy is energy from God. Uh, It can go dark sometimes if we don't um, deal with that. I mean, it can. It doesn't mean it will. It can for some people, but it does not mean that it doesn't come from God, right? So they believe that oh, you know, it's 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 evilness. It does not mean, for me. That's my experience. Even if it can get sometimes dark, it still doesn't mean that it doesn't come from God. So for me, it's really yeah, it's a very sacred. It's a very divine experience. I love. Bodies. I love my body. I love my partner's body. I love sharing that energy. I love admiring, you know, their bodies. I love honoring their bodies. I love being part of this um, sacred union with people when I'm having sex. I, that, that's my favorite part. I mean, it's really, yes, intercourse is great, but it's not necessarily the the point. For me, it's really the divine experience that can be created. And, you know, in, until in between, and that, at, the, at that moment, it doesn't really matter. But it's really, what can we create uh, in, in the moment being present now? And I don't think that, that that's beauty possible without God. So obviously God is present in that moment because of the energy and love that is created. And it's not necessarily by love, I mean, you know, with someone who I need to have a um, uh, committed, you know, relationship of 10 years. It can be created with anyone who is committed to serve another human being and who is committed to create... Uh, awareness, you know, uh, conscious experience with, with another human being. So it's not about that number of years. It's about the commitment that that person has. And when, you know, um, when that person is also connected to God. And so there's, if there's two people or whatever amount of people that are included in that, you know, um, intercourse, uh, if all the people are connected to, to God, then it can be a very divine experience, right, so yeah, for me, it's always, it's always about God, and um, I think sex without God is not, it's great, it's just different, but mm-hmm. it's, um, even quickie with God is better. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love yeah. that, yeah, I I really hear you, and I am, I think in my healing journey, I'm becoming comfortable with uh, myself being seen by God in every Mm. area and um, even though I wasn't really raised religious or anything but I when I got sober I've noticed my fears even you know the desire to let's say do a masturbation just kind of a shame like oh shit Mm -hmm. God is gonna see me do that Mm -hmm. that's that's gross Mm -hmm. you know but and it's beautiful that all of that is coming up so I can Look at it as a bunch of my limiting beliefs and um, let them go uh, one by one. And I think I mentioned this to you before, but I really love this line by Esther Perel, the Belgian um, psychotherapist. She said, You know, sex is not something we do, it's a place we go to. Mm. And that was just so beautiful. And it's really true, like you said we like you like sex because you just are so present in the moment and it's it's a thing yeah that place we go to like you have to be there with your partner to Mm -hmm. um just to be there for, for this beautiful journey it's not an act really in my mind it's it is an act but it's it's so much more than it it's a spiritual experience for sure um yeah, I think I I asked you what I wanted. Um we have a couple of minutes left. Um unless you do have anything you wanna end with on
1: this note with
0: anything that comes to mind.
1: Uh, no, I'm just, well, I'm very grateful. Well, no, no one continue talking, right? Uh, I'm <laughs> very grateful but this experience. It's one I love, you know, sharing stuff. So I appreciate you giving me space and, um, you know, to express myself and to share my story and experience. And yeah, whoever is just listening, you know, uh, my wish for you is to really um, allow yourself to be, allow yourself to be who you are sexually, spiritually, energetically allow yourself to own your body and allow yourself to be honored by other people as well and yeah there is no need to settle for just mediocre stuff when things can actually be sacred and divine and pretty magical yeah Mm -hmm. so that would be that yeah,
0: give, uh, let's give ourselves permission, fully yes. embrace all the beautiful life experiences with our bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yulia, thanks again. I appreciate you making the time. Um, this was beautiful. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Hi, it's me again. I have a question for you. Would you like to be on my podcast? Do you or someone you know have a story to tell? Would you like to share your journey with me and inspire others to speak theirs? If so, feel free to contact me through my Instagram and Facebook accounts. You can find me by my name, Sammy Barks. Like the doggie. Woof!